Jerome Hughes kicks. Oh, he might have been pulled off the ball there. It won't matter because Nikora scores a try for New Zealand. Entitled to maybe get a six again there in the opinion of New Zealand. The kick by uh, Hughes comes down right where it needs to. And a great leap and put down by Ronaldo Molotalo. Well, that is a real bonus right before the break. Now, Brown Burrows might have scored his first try for his country. Ian Kempe for breakfast. Ricardo Ball. Tony Kemp. Happy Halloween. <laughs>Good morning and welcome into SENZ. It is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Uh, we've got no Izzy, obviously, for the next month. He is off in Queensland. Kempi is up in Kitty Kitty. Uh, Morena, Kempi, how you doing, brother? Happy Halloween. Yeah, oh, happy Halloween, Rick Dog, And well done to Captain K there with the the entry uh, to, into Halloween up here, mate. There'll be no uh, trick-or-treating down here at the Kemp Fuddy. It's... Uh, not only 400 miles from the main road, but it's pouring with rain up here. It has been for the oh, the last 12 hours. And um, mate, apart from that, it's uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Halloween. How good? How good a time of year is Halloween? Everyone gets excited about it. Um, and also, it's my mum's birthday in, Hall- in Halloween, which is always a reminder of uh, that time of year for me. Yeah, nice, mate. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because when we were kids, uh, we're not too 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 different in age, but when we were kids, it wasn't really a thing in New Zealand. It was just something you saw on American movies. Well, it's, it's Guy Fawkes, wasn't it? Yeah, it was more Guy Fawkes. But, I mean, we're seeing yeah. more and more. I, went, I took my daughter to, to, to the warehouse the other day. Or the Wadi Fuddy, as I like to call it. Yeah. And, uh, and honestly, the whole, the entire uh, frontage of the warehouse as you walked in was just all Halloween stuff. It's like, you know... Yeah. Fake graves to chuck in your lawn, fake skeletons here, fake this there, uh, candy obviously, left, right and centre. Uh, it's certainly become a big thing. My daughter loves it, so I think it's her favourite sort of holiday of the year. Yeah, Izzy, Izzy loves it too up here. She's um, looking forward to Halloween. She said, you know, looking forward to, to what's going to happen tonight, but it looks like I'll be setting it all up. I've actually um, gone out. Reckon gone to the warehouse and gone to Kmart and bought all those little Halloween bits and pieces that you're talking about. So I'm going to set up a, a nice little area here um, so that we can actually get get uh, you know a nice spot to enjoy the Halloween Halloween area. Um, but yeah, just trying to work it out. I had somewhere sorted out yesterday, but by the looks of it, it's going to be a bit soggy and wet out there. I wanted to uh, light the outdoor brazier and, and get some flames going and all sorts, but. Uh, yeah, it looks like um, the oil heater will be rolled out instead. Yeah, do, do it indoors. <laughs> do it that that way. Your ghost can join in, mate. That'd be that's, that kind of makes a big part of it, right? Oh yeah, no worries, no worries. He'll be he'll be, he be walking around. Don't worry about him. Yeah, all right, He's fine. Mate. Well, here we just we're talking Halloween. Obviously, we'll talk sport in a minute. But talking Halloween, it's Halloween tonight. You've obviously got a few plans with the family. Have you got a Halloween movie like a, a favourite? Like I don't know, probably a horror movie that you, you're gonna you're gonna roll out tonight. 
I don't mind horror movies now, Rick. I find them quite hilarious. Mm. Um, but that wasn't always the way. Like when I was, I just left school, I was 16. And uh, just a little story here. And, and all my mates, I didn't have a car, you see. And my mates, are, was like a, I think it was a Wednesday night or payday it was. And they said, oh, we're going to the movies. There's this movie called Nightmare on Elm Street that's just come out. And it looks like, you know, the bee's knees. Well, I used to hate the dark back then. You know, I was one of those boys that would cuddle up to his mum if you went into the midi and lay down on the beds. You know, so you're just you're packing yourself for the whole time you were there. And I went to this movie, Nightmare on Elm Street, mate. And, you know, I just, I was, I was sitting next, in the middle of a row of eight guys. You know, we grew, cruised in a town in our old Tirana. I think, I think it was, uh, who's, whose car was that? Uh, that was Carl's car. Um, and we cruised in the Tirana. There's eight, four and four across the bench seat in the front, four in the back. And we watched this movie, Nightmare on Elm Street. And I'm sitting in the middle of them, eight of them. And, um, man, I couldn't wait to get out. And I'm driving home, and we're going home. And I'm up a driveway. I'm up a driveway. It's a, it's dark. There's no lights, no street lights back then. I'm thinking, how the hell am I going to get in the in the house here before Freddy Krueger gets me? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, mate. I never ever went back. I think they made about 14 of those, didn't they? I never went back after one. Yeah, no, they made a few. They did make a few, and then they did a crossover with. Remember Friday the 13th with Jason Voorhees? Yeah, the ice hockey yeah, mask. I was, th- they, they, they were- made a Jason, a Freddy versus Jason movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, look, I didn't mind those ones. I just thought that whole nightmare on Elm Street where you closed your eyes and went to sleep, that sort of stuck with me and got, got in my head, you know, for a little while there. So, um, but, yeah, no, there's, you know, um, there's a few out at the moment. I, I, I do sort of laugh at some of the stuff that they come up with, these producers. But, you know, Halloween really is about kids enjoying themselves, aren't they? You know, getting out, trick-or-treating, um, Mate, the trick and treats that we used to do back then was those thunderbolts and letterboxes. That's mm. that's probably as, as bad as it got for us. Yeah, egging houses, that sort of stuff. Yeah, egging cars. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but uh, so yeah, it is Halloween, obviously. That was today. you, eh, Rick? That was you. That Potentially, by well, might have been, might have been. I'll, I'll, I'll say no more. Uh, but if you do have a favourite, uh, a favourite. Horror movie for Halloween. Uh, text it through to us, double eight, double three. It is Halloween today, so we're going to be talking Halloween throughout the day. But we are also going to be talking a lot of sport as well. Coming up on the show, Al the Sheik Sharok is going to join us before seven o'clock. After seven, we go to South Africa and out of super sport in South Africa, Clinton Vanderberg, man who also runs a website called Mumble in the Jungle, big fight fan and a big rugby man. Uh, he's going to join us to talk the World Rugby Awards and that Rugby World Cup final from a South African point of view. And then after eight o'clock, your old mate Hugh McGahn is going to join us. We'll talk uh, selections for the Kiwis for the big game this weekend and get his thoughts on the weekend as well. And see what Huey's favourite horror movie is. He, he, he strikes me as he might be a bit soft and probably doesn't like it. I don't know. What do you yeah. reckon? Well, yeah, I don't know. These days he might be. He wasn't He wasn't soft in his, uh, in his playing days. Oh, know, no, not soft on the field. Not yeah, soft on, on the, the field. field. No. Um, but, yeah, I, I think – I don't know whether he still is, but I think he's the – um, head of um, rugby at Westlake College. Mm. Uh, he was there for a while when my boy was there, and I don't know if he, he still is because my boy went to uni. That was six, six years ago. Um, so it'd be, it'd be good to catch up with him, talk about the Kiwis, um, Huey, Halloween. Uh, what's the weather like down there, Rick? Uh, yes, pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, it was. I mean, yesterday it was blowing all day. It was like you know, sort of hurricane season type thing, uh, and raining. It's still a bit like that outside, but I, I, we haven't got it anywhere near as bad as you've got it up there, mate. So uh, stay safe, stay, uh, stay, stay inside. I reckon for today. 
Kempe? Yeah, well, there's a few trees that came down because we had a, that, that um, Lola come through that cyclone. There's a few that came out on the fence line yesterday and um, had a couple of guys around to see if we can put that all back together. But, yeah, no, mate, it's, it's fine. The, the wind stopped, which is the main thing up here. Um, we've, we've got a, still a little bit of rain coming down. I noticed that as soon as I got up uh, early this morning. But, mate, it would be a... Uh, I, I guess, you know, they, they call it the winterless north. i tell you what, winter is still here. It's uh, As you can see, I've got my sweat top on and, um, you know, there's, there's bugger all sun up here lately. Every time I seem to come up here, it's pouring with rain. So oh, well, mate, a couple of weeks, wait. couple of weeks ago, I reckon, it felt like winter was here. Uh, it was, well, it felt like summer was here, maybe even the first couple of days of Labour weekend. But there's been this big polar shift, right? They've had a snow down south, and we're getting a, getting a wind up from the um, Antarctic. And I think everybody's feeling that. Cyclone from the top, Antarctic wind from the south. I'll tell you, it's a, it's a great recipe. It's a great recipe. We get all, we get all the elements in one one uh, one day, don't we? I was talking to a um, couple of farmer boys up here yesterday. They were banking on this big big heat wave coming through that they're talking about that comes on the back of this um, La Nina or whatever you call it. And then, um, so they've put their crops in, and of course they've been drowned out, and they've gone had, had to go back and do it all over again. So, I think everyone's been caught out at the moment with just these ever-changing weather patterns. Mm, yeah, it's a it's a tough one, mate. It's a tough one. I tell you, uh, it was a few tough decisions had to be made. Basically, when we finished uh, yesterday, the World Rugby Awards were were being announced over in France. It was a bit weird having it the day after a World Cup final, I thought, and with all the women running around down here playing in that uh, W15. Uh, competition as well, so they couldn't be there. But uh, we'll talk more about that later on. But Adi Savia, World Rugby Player of the Year, uh, big accolade for him. I pro- won't make up for not winning the World Cup, but uh, big accolade for him. How, how did you see that, Kempi? I mean, was it in doubt for you? Who, who else do you think sort of should have been in the reckoning there? Oh, look at uh, Eastmanith. I think he was the only other player that made the. The tournament team, um, he he was pretty good. I think Artie Sevilla is a, everyone's pick from down down this part. I, I thought Geordie Barrett should have been there. I thought Geordie Barrett had a hell of a tournament mm. um, and probably our, our close to our best player in that last game. Uh, yeah, but Mark Talia picking up the the uh, the breakthrough player of the year was a good one. The real interesting one for me was was um, Farrell Andy Farrell getting the coach of the year, uh, and that goes to basic. I think the basic premise is that the these players are actually picked before the tournament, and the coaches are picked before the tournament. So it goes on their their, their whole of the year as opposed to the World Cup um, uh, tournament. Yeah. And I and I think that's I think that's not a bad way to look at it. But I was really surprised that they put Andy Farrell there. You know, um, at the end of the day, the biggest prize isn't the Six Nation; it's the World Cup. And I think you know, like. I've said this about the NRL when they pick the Dally M's. Ivan Cleary, for me, is the best coach in the competition. So he should be picking up the Dally M. He's been to the grand final four times. It's the biggest comp that we got, yet he can't get coach of the year. Um, so, yeah, that, that that for me was a bit surprising. But Artie Sevilla, mate, you know, uh, he looked a million dollars when he went there. The event looked pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, at least the 15th player of the year this year. Uh, is that the second time he's got it? I think it is. Yeah, I think it is the second time. Yeah, yeah. So um, he's he's got that, and of course, his brother uh, Julian uh, has I think featured in Team of the Year previously as well. Actually, on the Team of the Year, four All Blacks out of the fifteen. Uh, there was only one South African. Yeah, well, it doesn't make sense, does it? Like, it do, it, 
and I, th- you know, although Bundy Arkey played well for Ireland in the in second five eight, I thought Geordie Barrett was the best second five there. Um, but you know, there's everyone's got their opinion. They, you know, world rugby. I don't think anyone really takes too much notice about the world rugby at the moment. <laughs> they're, they're what everyone wants, and, and we heard as he talk about it and um, yesterday, as we want them to sort their their rules out and the way that these games are officiated, so they actually are played by the guys in the middle of the park, not the TMO and the referee. Um, but yep, just getting four players in from the All Blacks, I thought there could have been maybe a couple more, um, but definitely a hell of a lot more South Africans should have been in that side. Yeah, well, there's five Irishmen and five Frenchmen, and then uh, and then you know sort of four Kiwis and one South African. So we'll get Clinton Vandenberg's take on that after seven. Yeah, hence hence saying that this was probably selected before the tournament. Yeah, I you think know, it's I, it's a it's a, a team of the year, so it's not just for the tournament; it's for the entire year, calendar year. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's world rugby, and we don't know where they're coming from. No, that um, is true. And you know, to have it, I think having it directly after the Rugby World Cup sort of throws everyone's minds in two in two minds too. You know, because you just watch the tournament, and you're thinking, "Oh, South Africa are going to dominate the awards here," and then you get, you know. No world player of the year, no coach of the year, and only one player in the in the world world fifteen. It sort of doesn't make sense to me. They no. should just probably have it have it mid year during the during um, the internationals that have been played up in the the northern and the southern hemisphere. Uh, another uh, award that was given out yesterday hasn't maybe got the um, attention it should have, uh, given she's just switched codes. Is uh, Tyler Nathan Wong? Uh, picking up the World Rugby Women's Sevens Player of the Year. Uh, I mean, she was great in that Kiwi Ferns win, Kempi. Uh, do you know, is she signed for an NRLW club for, for this season at all? Uh, oh, look, I, I, I don't know whether she has or not, um, but she's made a real good turn of uh, at playing rugby league. I know her dad, ex-Ponsonby, um, as an ex-league man, so... She would have had plenty of plenty of chat and and in her upbringing about rugby league, and she has taken to it like a duck to water. Um, surprised that she got the World Sevens Player of the Year. I think there's quite a few good women Sevens Players of the Year, but I'm not, you know, um, disappointed because I think she's had a had a breakout year, making the decision to go from from World Sevens, which is a, a world tour. It's a it's a first class event that she's on, and and gone. Can I make it in the other code? And then playing for New Zealand and beating Australia, you know, if you're if you're playing rugby league to, to get into an international team and then beat Australia after being Tonkin of the World Cup last year, I think once in the last six years they've won that game. So um, she's had a, a an outstanding season, uh, and yeah, when she's got she picks up that prize over there, those wonderful awards. You know, remember she was only here Saturday night playing playing against Australia. Yeah, exactly. It's not uh, not that long ago, eh? Not that long ago, and uh, he jumped jumped on a bird and got up there for for that. Yeah, uh, tell you what, be a great time now for the Warriors to start that women's team off the back of this, wouldn't it? I mean, we've got so much talent in the female game coming through. It's a it is a bit of a problem for rugby union, Rick, in uh, in the country, and and they'll talk about that. How how do they get uh, girls to stay in the in the competition? We know we've they've increased the Super Games out to six games this year. Um, I think they need to probably double that to. To make it something worthwhile, but the NRLW is going from strength to th- strength. You know, when you're talking, the Warriors are talking about having 1,200 kids to a trial. Well, they play rugby league tournaments for girls um, from the ages of 12 through to 18, right throughout the country, and and it has absolutely taken off um, because of the NRLW. So, uh, don't be surprised if you see more girls switching from that top level 
six games ain't going to be enough. And I've always advocated this, Rick, that what they should do is play bes- uh, not beside each other, but after each other. So the girls can play Super Rugby and then go into NRLW. So that way it extends their season. That's a great right, idea because so got... you're looking after the athletes then, right? But, I mean, it's whether or not the sporting bodies can see eye to eye on it. Well, I, I, look, the dinosaurs, if they can't see eye to eye, you know, think about your athlete for once and how you're going to keep them in your sport, and here's an opportunity to do that. You know, if you can, if you can play six games of really good super rugby, and we've seen the girls in Canterbury in the final take that last year in a fantastic game, you know, and then you go... And you're not all going to get picked up for NRLW, but then go into an NRLW um, league competition and then put your internationals at the back end of it. The girls actually get a rugby season. They get an oval ball season, and they're playing probably a good 20 games a year. Now, that's a competition they can get paid to make a living out of. Yeah, exactly. And that's the main thing, is being able to, so they can actually do it full-time, right, and, and have it be a And career. we know women... We know women, they multitask, don't they? They, they would do this with their... You know, blokes would moan their... their, their Oh, bejesus off, you know what I mean? But women would just pick it up and go, yep, I'll take my baby with me under one arm, I'll take my football, I'll play rugby league, rugby union, I've got 20 games to be happy as. Happy as, happy as, that's what we want to see. It is 20 past six here on Izzy and Kempy for breakfast. Uh, text line is double eight double three. got a few there, we'll get to those shortly. Need a new mobile plan? Visit Kogan Mobile. You're listening to Izzy and Kempy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this